0: welcome to the house of trust my name is servan was in every episode my aim is to be a thinking environment with an inspiring leader who loves to invest in social and environmental change together we take the time to be and think the attitudes the thoughts the feelings that you need to ignite and grow a positive social and environmental impact and sometimes we we'll travel in the future and come back equipped with artifacts and insights that help us do a better job. And I also invite you to think along. Today, my guest is Leonardo letelier the CEO and founder of Citawi Finance for Good. He's based in Rio, Brazil. He's also the co-founder and managing director of Endowments do Brasil, Endowments of Brazil. He's specialist in impact investing, ESG, and strategic philanthropy. Leonardo has been mobilizing capital for positive social and environmental impact since 2008. I had the pleasure to discover Leonardo's work, an impressive network, when I was running the Women's Social Leadership Awards back then, and he put forward superb candidates of women leading social enterprises. Now, today I'm curious to learn from Leonardo about his learnings around navigating change, the insights he might have gathered from, you know, putting green funds on the map, how to make philanthropy more strategic, more future thinking, more relevant, and less reactive in the wake of tragic events, and also where he gets his inspiration from. Bon dia, seja bem Leonardo. Hello, welcome.
1: Oh, Gia! Uh, thank you for the invitation, Devan. It was uh, always the pleasure to reconnect and uh, share a bit of the stories of this fifteen-year-long journey.
0: Wonderful! How are you arriving today? What's your state of mind?
1: I am. Uh, I'm happy, but living in a hectic time of my life because I'm going to spend a year in London. Uh, so I have about a month to prepare everything. Uh, for the move, uh, some of it is already taken care of, but there's still a lot of uh, things, especially bureaucracy, that lies ahead. And uh-huh. at least I am uh, on the on the work front. I'll continue to work with Italian downwards to Brazil, uh, because actually I'm going as a uh, plus one, as a dependent of my wife, who's getting her masters in museum studies in uh, in the UK. So this time, wow, I am I am uh, uh, the companion. And many years ago, about 23 years ago, uh, she was the one who joined me for my MBA in the US. So I'm basically returning the fame.
0: Wow, see, anything can happen even decades afterwards. Wonderful. Yes. So you are arriving as a hectic but happy companion.
1: Correct. (laughs) That's a good good, uh, summary.
0: Okay, we'll play with that. So apart from being a happy and hectic companion, can you tell us who you are in five words, Max? What do we need to know about you
2: in five words?
1: That's that's a hard one. Um, I'd say I'm a social finance entrepreneur.
2: Social finance.
1: That's, that's three words.
0: Yeah. Can you give us two more? Social finance entrepreneurs, some objectives.
1: <laughs> Happy hectic social finance entrepreneur.
0: Love this. Love this. Love that mix. So, we just talked about you come in and join us in 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 the uk we'll come back to that in in a moment but in the past you've worked for you know large corporate consulting firm from an early age you travel a lot you lived in different countries you're familiar to change in fact you say you made change your comfort zone and what is your process for for making change comfortable
1: for you um, I have no idea. That's just something that's innate in me. Uh, my board, uh, every time I say, well, we have some innovation here. I want, we want to try out or test or this or that. They say, well, surprise, surprise, another <laughs> innovation. Right? So apparently uh, um, it's, it's dawned on me that I like to change and innovate. And mm. it's, it's a natural thing. Um, not necessarily that that makes me any better or worse than anybody else? It's just that change that is scary.
2: Mm.
0: So you love to innovate, you love to change, you love to bring new things out, and and in fact, that's a really good link to Sitawi. Sitawi means flourish and develop in Swahili. So, what is the story? Tell us more.
1: I'll start telling you the story about the name. Yes. After my my MBA in the US. Uh, I had a couple of months to, to travel before going back to work for this large consultancy firm that you mentioned, and we decided to go to Africa, and we climbed the the highest peak in Africa, which is Kilimanjaro.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: Kilimanjaro is is a mountain that sits in the border of Kenya and Tanzania, and they speak Swahili there. Yeah. So I said to myself, well, whenever I start something and a venture organization, I'll, I'll name it in Swahili. And then I forgot. And the first name when I, well, some, some uh, I don't know, like five, six years later, I was starting Sitawi, and it, it was not called Sitawi back then. And I uh, um, looked, I was looking for a name and I settled on NP Converge. Okay. NP is a nonprofit Converge. I thought it was the greatest name ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an engineer by training. So really, that was pretty much the, the best I could. And then I uh, was uh, talking to a friend uh, and he, he ran a, a VC firm in Brazil. He runs and he was um, uh, telling me about one of his portfolio companies that was called Equa. And Iqua is one of the 52 shades of white that the Inuit can see and describe. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but the message I got was that NP converts Sucks as a name. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I remember the story of the Kilimanjaro I said okay, I'll 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 look for something something a little bit more inspiring in Swahili. And when I came to Sitawi, I thought it encapsulated two different trends or two different strands that I was trying to join, which is one more business finance uh, hard and the other was more like social people soft mm-hmm. right and the translations i found for for Sitao, are are to flourish mm-hmm. which is a very visual uh n- nice visual uh, for something that is growing and develop which is something much more engineering like and it combined both I was, okay excellent so i found the word to describe what i was trying to do
0: from then on, that you had the name, you had the concept, and uh, what what became the major the highlights of CTAWI and, and its social finance work?
1: We were one of the pioneers in, in impact investing. So actually I was talking with um, Anthony Bug Levine, who uh, used to be at uh, Rockefeller and then on Profit Finance Fund. Now now he's doing something else. And he told me that the term Impact Investing was coined in one of uh, Rockefeller's meetings in Italy in, in their retreat in Bellagio. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the calendar and said, oh, I started to tell you before that. It was very, very uh, intriguing. So I, back then, it was not called Impact Investing. Of course, it was, uh, we, we were doing loans. It was uh, Social Sustainable Loans. That was the name we gave it.
2: Right, uh, right.
1: You can see a trend. I'm very bad at naming stuff. Okay, <laughs> and we started making loans to nonprofit co-ops and for-profit or for impact businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And this was born out of the experience I had before of volunteering for a nonprofit. They had a small uh, a business arm, if you will, but it was very poorly funded. So basically, it was if there was any donation left, then it would go to the business, and the business would turn it into more money, but with a, the with a time lag that made it very hard for them to, to manage the process. And I thought, well, but they need something that is very, very common in the business world that's called working capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to a bank, yes, for a loan. And then when your client repays you, it's 60, 90, 120 days later, you go and repay the bank. Right. Not the most radical shift paradigm for finance, but for the nonprofit world back then in Brazil, it was. What do you mean? I can take a loan? I cannot take a loan. Loans are bad. Right? That is, especially in Brazil, with very high inflation and interest rates. Uh, I understand what where that comes from.
0: Yeah, the context was very, very important to reset that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but loans are tools. So you can use it correctly or incorrectly. It's going to be good or bad. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, no, there's nobody funding, nobody financing actually lending to this part of the nonprofit ventures. Mm-hmm. So I can do that. I know a little bit about business, about finance. I can put something up and we lend to them. But I, I'm really lending for the impact. I'm not lending because they're nonprofits. Mm-hmm. That is where the say the market opportunity comes from. But what I want to do is lend for impact. So we never limited our clients to the nonprofit sector. We said, well, if you're working to create impact and you have a business proposition, or a business that's already running, then can be better served with a loan with
2: mm-hmm.
1: adequate interest rates. Then we'll do that. So that's how we started. Over time, uh, that became a crowd lending platform. And so before, I was asking for grants for Sitawi, and then Sitawi would go, would uh, turn around and lend it to these organization. When the money came back, we would lend it again and again and again. And now, really, anybody with a checking account in Brazil can lend from 10 reais, so that's $2 and up, to the organizations that we source. So we originate, evaluate, perform due diligence, and then we support for the time of the loan. That's two, three years' work. And, and for that, we still need subsidies. But now that the philanthropic capital we raise is basically to support the team doing this rather than, than to be lent to the organization. Right. So individuals can start an impact investing portfolio with $2.
0: Mm-hmm. Everyone an investor. Happy days.
1: Exactly. Everyone an investor. In this case, most, they're 99% loans. We, we've done some, some convertible and other stuff, but they're not on the platform. But the platform is a regulated financial institution, so that it has to be within some, some boundaries. Uh, But yes, everybody and everybody, an impact investor. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: I see it puts a smile on your face. So that's something like it's a recipe that works for you, right? I wonder, uh, Leonardo, what more helps you and your work
2: flourish?
1: I'm clearly motivated by doing new and different stuff. So what I just described, which was 100% of of Kitawi back then, now it's one of the four things. Mm -hmm. Over time, we also created a philanthropy management service, if you will. It's a mix of donor funds with fiscal sponsorship, like Tides and CAF, mm-hmm. all merged into one. So, this has enabled tons of stuff to happen or to happen easier than it would otherwise. So, there are this small, uh, or sometimes not that small, but a, a collective of people who want to do good. But they don't want to create an organization and take care of the organization and discuss what's going to be the annual raise with the union to create good. Mm. They just want to create good. So we've been hosting, incubating, if you will, this initiatives, And sometimes they're more community-led and sometimes they're more corporate-led that allows funds to flow uh, for impact much faster and easier than otherwise. And during the pandemic, this was instrumental. We mobilized some 200 million AI's mm. for COVID uh, in the past uh, few years because people wanted to move very fast, but also with high level of compliance, If you with, with great certainty of how the funds uh, were going to be uh, cared for and spent. So they needed such a solution from somebody like us that has, established reputation team and all that. Uh, so we ended up creating 14 different, we call them philanthropic funds just for COVID in Brazil. Mm. To date, we've done some 80 and we have some 50 uh, funds active uh, in, in many, many different causes from health as, as we, we spoke to education mm. to uh, democracy.
0: I'm picking up a few things here. There is the making life simpler in Brazil, considering the red tape that we can face sometimes in the country is already a victory. (laughs) And I'm hearing as well that during COVID, there was this sort of flux of philanthropic donations. Um, And
1: Yeah, my my sense of, of philanthropy in Brazil is that it's very, there's a lot of solidarity, not necessarily a lot of philanthropy. What do I mean by that? Uh, whenever there's a flood or a problem, like an emergency, people mobilize and give stuff, mm-hmm. some money as well, but mostly stuff. So blankets or food or this or that. So the country is very good at mobilizing for that. And then two weeks later, the problem is still there, but people have stopped giving. So there's, not, uh, there's much less, except for the church, regularity. Mm-hmm. In giving, So it's something a little bit more, let's not even call it strategic, but at least more, more, more uh, thought through. And there's a lot more reaction to emergencies. Mm. It's so much so that now that COVID is, is gone, pretty much, philanthropy has receded significantly. So I think there's a positive legacy in general. But I think it's much smaller than, than I wished for, if you will. The way we work in Brazil in, in, in philanthropy is still very much reacting to emergencies rather than planning for prevention, if you will.
0: Mm. So, Leonardo, what is promise, the promising seed that you want to see flourish here around philanthropy?
1: Well, there's something going on right now, which is... Um, the return of Brazil to the international scene and the importance of the Amazon mm. within that context, mm. right? So another thing we do, so we have impact investing, we have land free management, we have a, an area that uh, we've just renamed as climate and conservation finance. Mm-hmm. This started uh, and we still run uh, with a local development program in the Amazon, in the Mijurua region, mm-hmm. which is right in the middle of the jungle. Mm-hmm. And as any development program uh, that's worth its name, it has several components: from education, empowering women, youth support for value chains, for Mm -hmm. co-ops, and all that. So we started doing this development program in the region, and it took us a while to pivot the the idea behind it, in the sense of if you look at the two areas that I mentioned before, impact investing and and philanthropy management, it's much more ab- around the, the financial mechanism or the flow of the money than designing and running a program because there are many organizations that can do that. We did it as well, we do it, but our distinctive ability doesn't lay there. So we switch the focus from local development programs or territorial development programs to financial mechanisms. And the development program can be one of the avenues or putting the money in the ground, but it's not necessarily the only one. So for instance, payment for environmental services is something else that we can do under this hat. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's something that we already do in Brazil, but it took us a while to rethink what we were doing in light of what our distinct abilities are. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, uh, going back to your question, the Am- Brazil is back and the Amazon is back, mm. right? With the, with the new government. Differently from the old government, the current government likes uh, international participation in solving the problems of the country. And I'm sure we're gonna see given the amount of interest of the, the importance of the Amazon and the amount of interest that is sparked all over the globe. I'm sure we're gonna, we're gonna see uh, much more funds flowing to the region, which gives us an opportunity to deliver on our mission of repurposing the capital for social and environmental impact.
0: And that counts as well for philanthropy. Do you think you can revitalize the attitudes of for donors to react less but be more strategic? What are your thoughts?
1: So that's something that's more on my agenda than on Sitawi's agenda, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, sitawi benefits from a more vibrant philanthropic scene, but the type of uh, skills and connections needed for that are not necessarily the ones we have. But from a personal standpoint, I am a part and one of the co-founders of the Movement for a Donation Culture, Movimento por uma Cultura de Doação, in Brazil. And we are doing several initiatives on this front of say large-scale behavioral change. We're small, but we have big ambitions. Well. Yeah. Now, those two things connect in a specific point, which is the social sector Is usually seen only as the impact it generates, which is not wrong, but it's not enough. What do I mean by that? When I say social sector, everybody will think, well, trees planted, kids that are in after school programs, uh, health interventions, all that. And all that happens and all that is good but nobody's thinking 4.27% of GDP, six million people hired by the sector, which is a huge contribution for the economy, right? Mm. This is about the size, a little bit smaller than agriculture in Brazil. This is larger than car manufacturing, Mm. much larger, about three times as large as car manufacturing. So it's a massively important sector for the economy, but it's regulated only with those uh, images in mind, as in the the kids and the trees.
0: The charity images, the traditional charity imaging.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It sounds like we need a different register, different vocabulary.
1: Yes, that includes both things, right? So I don't know if you know this, but there was a study conducted in, I think 84 different countries and only Three countries uh, had a tax on donations to nonprofits. It was South Korea, Croatia, and Brazil. Wow. Okay. And it doesn't make any sense at all. No. Right? And in Brazil, actually, the law that currently governs donations and uh, inheritance is the same one. The state tax and donation tax is the same. It doesn't, again, it doesn't make any sense. One thing is for private good, the other is for public good, mm. right? Now, we're changing this. We did a study on that. This number is 4.27% of GDP. This is something that has been bugging me for 15 years. When I joined the sector, that okay, we need to know how large or how important is the sector in terms of percent of GDP. And there was no, no available figure. Mm-hmm. So after 15 years asking people if they knew what the number was or if there was any research, Basically, we commissioned a research from the uh, an Economics Institute in the University of Sao Paulo. So, very traditional, well reputed, with a traditional uh, uh, methodology. So, we could go back to policymakers and say, look, this is not the latest Fed on how to count happiness. Mm. This is actual hard economic data 4.27% of GDP. So, at least listen to us. Anytime you're thinking of passing a law that either directly or indirectly uh, hits us, talk to us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We want to sit at the table. And uh, we're, we're getting heard mm-hmm. from the positive and the negative. There's a tax reform going on in Congress, and they scrapped, at least for now, the tax on donations.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, it's a long process. It goes from the, the House to the Senate and possibly back to the House. So so that is, that is a, a positive side of a... Advocacy that is rooted on something that we are distinctive at right there are not tons of nonprofits that are focused on finance in the social sector, so that is on the positive side on the negative side there is a there's a legislative inquiry commission TPI in, in Portuguese mm-hmm. going on in Brazil, targeting nonprofits that work in the Amazon,
2: mm-hmm.
1: basically calling them uh, agents of uh, Foreign agents, if we will, right. and trying to, to outlaw their activities. And we were called, actually, I was invited not to be deposed there, but to provide information based on this research that we commissioned. Okay. So beware what you wish for. You want to be better known for, for being one of the very few organizations that has a, a complete view or more business finance view of the sector. Yes, we got known for that. <laughs> and now we're we're both reaping the benefits and paying the price for them.
0: Brazil, like many other countries, has gone through a lot of political turmoils. Uh, and, and for someone who navigate this type of, uh, of context, you know, someone who's mobilizing capital for goods, navigating this type of context is not an easy feat. So what would you suggest, other colleagues? should be prepared for knowing that in other countries, we still have to go through the turmoil? And what would you advise them to be prepared for as investors?
1: So I I like to, to put different things in different boxes. So to do the type of work that we need to do or that we want to do in Brazil, which is really promote, fund, invest in, these organizations that are at the fringe of the market, very much at the fringe, you'll need subsidy for some time. And maybe for some of these organizations, if you want that public benefit, you'll need subsidy for a long time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. So we need investments, both in the form of returnable capital and in the form of philanthropy. I'm very um, concerned when, when people are talking and, and probably people are new to the sector, and describing impact investing as a way to supplant philanthropy. That, that's not gonna happen. Even for impact investing to be born, and for a lot of the stuff that's impact investing today, you'll need philanthropy. Plus, there's a ton of stuff in the world that we want as a society and that we need that has to be funded by by philanthropy or or, or taxes, one way or the other. You're not gonna get your money back there, right? So for me, the most important thing is that people think with, with different pots. If you think that money can be used for consumption, investment, or donation, right? don't think with only one of those parts. So on consumption, which is something for your own good today, think on how, who you're going to buy from, what is the social environmental practice of this organization, and go on, go on, go on. With investment, which is money for you in the future, uh, same thing. What are you investing in? What type of world they are pushing forward rather than invest blindly and, and put it in a fund and delegate to a fund manager, but never having the conversation of what do you want your money to fund or not. The life is not just about returns. Most of our decisions in life are not about returns. Otherwise, people would not get married. For instance, right from a, from a financial standpoint, I think I saw a study that is is less is less efficient getting married. People wouldn't have kids, right? A kid is a massively expensive venture. But why do we still do it? Because we don't live our life just based on the financial outcome. It's a mix of things. Yes, you have to pay your bills at the end of the month, but that's not all that is there. And in donation, which is money for others, uh, so money for you today, consumption. Money for you tomorrow, investment. Donation, money for others. Again, what world are you creating with your donations? And you can combine them, but don't use investment when you should be using donation and donations when you should be consuming and consumption when you... Mm -hmm.
0: And it might be sometimes a bit blurry for some.
1: Yeah, I, I understand. And we don't make it either because we, a lot of, what we do is blended finance, so it requires people to have this clarity of vision. So invest in something that is good for the world and maybe gives you a little bit, uh, a little bit lower return rather than in something that you hate. And you're basically creating a world that you hate. Mm.
0: Leonardo, you're about to join us in London for a year. What are you looking for? And I know that you're going to be a companion. That's so, so, uh, such a graceful thing to be. But what would success look like at the end of that year in London for you?
1: Look, somebody made me the same question yesterday. And I said, look, right now, success means finishing the packing, getting the visa, renting a place, enrolling my kid in school. Oh, Uh, So if I manage to do all that, then it's already been successful. That's probably what uh, August, September will look like. And then there's a list of people that... uh, I want to meet yeah. and have this type of conversations with them. And I still have to do the, the list of things I want to learn, but possibly one of those are, one of those is, is artificial intelligence. Mm. I'm very curious on how that can be uh, harnessed for good, rather than, than for evil
0: or disaster. Yeah. yeah. So what an amazing set of insights you share with us and, uh, Around blended violence and 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 mobilizing capital for good in 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 complex surroundings and political turmoil and and really how to get clarity in how you invest donate for now and in the future. I love these takeaways. Thank you, Leonardo.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: Yes, and so that's it for today. The whole podcast series is available to listen to anywhere you love to find your podcast, and it's. Completely free. So type in Be and Think in the House of Trust. Share the love, subscribe, leave a review. And for more conscious innovation insights, events and wayfinding resources, if you are someone who loves to invest in social and environmental change, check my website, sirvanmoison.co.uk and subscribe to the monthly updates. And see you next time in the lounge of the House of Trust. Keep learning, keep connecting.
2: Bye-bye.